0: Hi and welcome back to the Radiant Glow podcast. <laughs> I'm Lauren and I'm super awkward. <laughs> I, every time I sit down to record, I'm like, how, how do you even podcast? Anyway, hello, how are you? Thank you so much for everyone who listened to last week's podcast, especially the people who watched last week's podcast. I'm so grateful Honestly, I haven't felt anxiety like it for such a long time. Five days of utter turmoil trying to get this to work. Oh my god. Massive shout out to my partner because if it wasn't for him, you wouldn't have got one. As soon as iMovie failed me, I was like, fuck it, I'm not doing it anymore, throwing it away, I deleted the whole file, I was like, sod it, I'm not doing it, he saved the day, he edited the whole thing, and then we had a visual podcast. So thank you very much for listening to it, or watching it, because if nobody listened or watched it, I think I would have had a mental breakdown, to be quite honest with you. Also, I have to apologise, because I'm looking at myself right now, and I've got like, little ring lights in my eyes it's really difficult to have a ring light with glasses on and that's all I can afford right now so too bad but otherwise you get this so I kind of look like something from Teen Wolf or Twilight but you're gonna have to bear with me or donate money so I can buy something better (laughs) I'm joking I am joking oh my god anyways This week's episode is gonna be another deep one. I was gonna do a more lighthearted one, but I put up a poll on my Instagram stories as to what you wanna see or hear. Just because I did, well, I called it like market research, but I asked some questions about like how you consume my type of content, and a lot of you said that you watch the podcast or listen to the podcast. Oh my god. I'm just gonna say listen, okay? A lot of you listen to the podcast if it's an episode that interests you. And to be fair, a lot of you also said it was basically almost 50 50. And a lot of you also said you like it. You like the podcast in general. So you watch it anyways. And I'm really grateful. Thank you. So I thought I'd put up a poll on Instagram, see, sort of give you a few options, see what you wanted to hear this week. And what one was why are the hardest relationships the healthy ones? As always, I have some notes to the side, so I'll be... Oh, actually, is that angle better for the ring light? Why am I figuring this out as I'm recording? For God's sake. I don't do any preparation, honestly. I just sit down and turn on the camera. Anyway, I have notes off to the side just because when I'm talking about something like this, I like to have my notes right in front of me just so I'm not missing anything because... The worst thing ever is when you listen back to something and you realise you missed something really important. So I've got my notes to the side, I'm going to be looking over here. Sorry. I'm going to start off with a bit of context about me because I'm not sure how much I've shared online about past relationships and things. I feel like I may have mentioned it in a podcast. I may have done a podcast about the whole thing. I can't remember. I haven't looked. Again, zero preparation. So I'm just going to give you a bit of context so it all makes sense. So when I was 13, from the ages of 13 to 19, I was in a relationship. That's six years for people who can't do maths like me. That's six years in a relationship through my entire teenhood, more or less. And that was incredibly toxic. Obviously, I hadn't been in a relationship prior to that. And then my current one is my relationship after that. So that was like, my entry into relationships, obviously it turned into a serious relationship and it was as I was growing up and it just so happened to be the most toxic thing I've ever experienced in my life. So to give you a bit of background on what the relationship was like, the previous relationship, it was really emotionally manipulative, really emotionally toxic, that's kind of what it was like. There was obviously manipulation, bullying, gaslighting, ignoring, cheating Uh, and in general there was just no romantic love from his point of view I mean there was a reason for that and I'm not going to get into that here that's one of those details but I'll talk about it another time but yeah that's basically the whole picture a lot of emotional manipulation so much bullying. The ignoring part, really intense all the time, just very negative and very intense all the time. Another bit of context. Uh we broke up December of my first year of university. I can't remember how old I was. I think I was 19. So we broke up that December. I was almost turning 20. I was in my first year of uni and I was so heartbroken for a week (laughs) genuinely I was absolutely devastated when it first happened like I think I saw it coming to be honest like we were long distance he was way up north in uni and I was in Bristol and obviously our relationship had been utter shit the entire time from well I was head over heels in love but not for the right reasons Obviously, he wasn't. So the relationship was terrible, incredibly toxic. And from the way he was behaving when he went off to uni, I just, I was like clinging on to it. Like I didn't ever expect him to break up with me, but I was clinging on to it and just hoping. But it ended up ending in December. And as I said, I was devastated in the beginning, but. I didn't fight for it at all. And he even said that when we were on we were on the phone, he broke up with me by text, first of all, but then I rang him because <laughs> I have respect. Okay. So we were on the phone call and he said, you know, I definitely know that it's over because you're not even attempting to fight for this relationship. Like you're just sort of accepting it. I'm like, yeah pretty much (laughs) i think the reason that i didn't want it to end i was very codependent on him like super codependent on him and it was because of the emotional manipulation that i ended up being that way so i think when he ended it i was like oh god what am i gonna do rather than oh i'm so heartbroken to be losing you If that makes sense. And I feel like if anyone listening has been in that kind of situation, I feel like you'll understand how I felt. Where it's just like, I'm devastated because I don't know who I am without you, and I don't know what I'm going to do without you, and what my life is going to look like without you. But you can get fucked as a person. (laughs) Enough about him for now. He can go fuck himself. Anyways, so then after that, I had a period of, as I said, of about a year or so where I was completely single. And I hated it. I didn't hate being single, I hated the encounters that I had while I was single. They were always casual encounters and the one encounter that I wanted to be more ended up not turning into anything more and that was really shit. So that was really hard to be honest because I actually found someone that I liked and we got on really well and I wanted it to be more so much. But it did, just didn't end up working that way. The feelings weren't reciprocated in that same way. And I learned a lot from that, let me tell you. Because obviously that was the first encounter that I'd had after being in this horrible, toxic, long, serious relationship. So I have no idea at this point how to be girlfriend, partner, whatever you want to call it. I have not a clue. I don't know how to date. I've never dated in my life. Don't know what the fuck I'm doing. So I learned a lot from that one. And then there were also some other um casual encounters that I had and I felt disgusting. Not because of any like society slut shames women kind of way, just I felt really used and I didn't feel comforted. I didn't feel secure. I didn't feel any of those things. So the sex was absolutely meaningless. And that ended up hurting my feelings. Not because I had feelings for the guy, but just I think for me to enjoy sex, I have to have a connection with someone. I have to feel comfortable. I have to know them well enough to feel comfortable. So obviously, in like one night stand circumstances, that's not the case. So I just I just hated it. I remember one time I had one and he was super lovely. He was really nice. But because of the situation it was in, I as soon as I got back to my flat, I bawled my eyes out. I was so upset. I felt disgusting. I felt used. Even though he was really nice, it was nothing to do with him. It's just the circumstances in which it happened, I absolutely hated. And I was thinking, I was like, what's wrong with me? Like, everyone enjoys sex, and I just hate it. Like, when I was in this situation with this guy, I mean, he wasn't like unattractive. I mean, he wasn't like God's gift or anything. But when I was in that situation, I just didn't feel anything. I didn't feel the joy. I didn't feel any pleasure, really. I just felt scared. I was upset. I wanted to go home. I felt pressure to stay where I was. Again, not because of the guy, because of me. I felt pressure to do this, that, and the other because I was like, come on, like everyone has one night stands. Why can't you just have one? So I just felt this horrible pressure from myself to do this. And I didn't want it and I didn't like it. This happened again, but it was more. How would I describe it? It wasn't Friends with Benefits because I wasn't friends with him. I knew him from Tinder. I got on Tinder as well. That was a That's a whole other fucking story, which I didn't think was relevant and I just remembered that happened to me. Um, so I met him on Tinder and we ended up sleeping together a couple of times and we saw each other fairly often. And it was a situation where he had feelings for me, but I didn't have the same feelings for him. So that created a really awkward pressure on me because he was like, see me, see me, I want to come see you. I'm coming over. I'm blah blah blah. And I'm like, I don't want to. And I tried to like end it, and he was like, No, 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 I'll like back off, I'll back off. And obviously he wouldn't. So That was a completely different scenario. So, both times that I had like casual encounters, they were the complete opposite, and I hated them both. So, that's when I decided that I don't like casual encounters. I don't, I never really got the chance to date per se because anybody that I liked on Tinder, it never got that far. And there was one person that I did like. But when it came to like going on a date, the way he went about it gave me bad vibes. I was like, I feel like I could possibly be in danger if I go on this date. Like the way he was talking to me, I was like, ooh, not a fan. So, did never do that. So, did never go on dates, nothing like that. Had a couple of casual encounters, hated it, cried my fucking eyes out. So, I was like, right. I'll just leave it then, shall I? (laughs) There's some bits in between as well, but not gonna get into that. So now we're coming up to the part where I meet my current partner or get involved with my current partner. I met him first or second year of uni, I think. I think it was first. Not interested, nothing like that. I think I wasn't in the right headspace. I wasn't really there. I wasn't I didn't look at him that way. Sorry. I wish I did because he's amazing, (laughs) but I didn't know that at the time. So, met him, nothing there for me really. I was still going through other things. So, like that little commitment thing that I spoke about that didn't really work out, I was in the middle of that. So, my head wasn't really looking in that direction because I was looking in the direction of this other boy that didn't have feelings for me. So, that happened. But My partner was always really respectful of me. I mean, he would never do anything appropriate. He never said anything inappropriate to me. He was just nice, you know. He was a really nice friend and would always be there for me when I was having troubles with this other stupid boy. So So when we started dating, getting involved with each other, something, I don't know what you'd call it to be honest. I wanted it to be friends with benefits at first because I wasn't ready to commit but my partner was like no bitch I'm not doing that either we're doing this or we're not doing this and I was like okay then (laughs) so as I mentioned a, a little bit earlier I had massive anxiety about like casual encounters specifically sexual encounters I don't know it just really triggers something in me I can't pinpoint why it just does I don't feel comfortable unless I'm like very comfortable with the person outside the bedroom if that makes sense like if you give me bad vibes at all the sex is going to be horrendous for me and it's going to make me cry so and even though My partner was incredibly supportive and really kind and didn't make me feel uncomfortable in any way, didn't give me bad vibes, nothing like that. I still had that same anxiety around sex, and we didn't have sex, but like it was kind of head in that way. And I had one of the biggest panic attacks that I've ever had in my life. Can you imagine just getting involved with someone? who you've kind of had a thing with for like a year now and the first time he ever touches you, you have a panic attack. (laughs) So yes, had a massive panic attack, ended up going to bed and he slept on my sofa and that let me know that he was there for me but he wasn't pushing anything. Like he didn't try to follow me upstairs or see if I was okay. I just said, I'm really sorry, I have to go to bed. He could have gone home, but he didn't. He stayed on the sofa to make sure that I was okay. And I was in bed sort of recovering from my panic attack thinking, oh my god, this guy, I've just completely rejected him in the most catastrophic way I can think of. And he's just downstairs because he wants to make sure that I'm okay. I can't really remember much from after that encounter, really. Oh no, the day after, like the morning after, I went downstairs and I still found him on my sofa. And I would never do this, but I just cuddled up next to him and we had a little spoon. (laughs) If that doesn't tell you how comfortable I was I don't know what does like I don't know why I did that either but I just felt so comfortable around him that I could just feel my feelings and then come back when I'm ready and that was super important for me. I didn't realize it at the time but it was super important to me. Another thing I want to add is that going from a toxic relationship into a healthy one you have no idea how to heal unless you're with a therapist, how do you know how to heal? I didn't know what my trauma was going to look like. I didn't even know that I was going to have trauma until I entered this relationship. It showed itself and then I had to figure out a way to deal with it with my partner. I mean, we're talking about a brand new relationship and I'm having this trauma come out that I didn't know was brewing and I had to try and deal with it. So, Having someone who I felt really comfortable with and who I knew was going to support me just made it a million, a bazillion times easier. So I quickly got over that anxiety in the beginning and we got into a full, proper relationship. But that doesn't mean it was easy. That was the beginning of the hard bit, let me fucking tell you. In the beginning, I was super triggered by so much and when i say like super triggered i mean that it would be an explosive reaction to whatever it was so there was one time in previous relationship where he did put hands on me he just like grabbed my arm so it wasn't anything horrific but it was something that still scared me right And I remember being super triggered if we were having a play fight or something and he'd grab my wrist a bit too hard, I would immediately freak out. Like I'd start crying, I'd run off into another room, I'd be really angry, super, super triggered. And that happened with quite a few things that I don't even remember anymore, to be honest. So that was really, really difficult. And for me, that came with a lot of guilt because I really, really, really liked my partner, he was the best guy I'd ever encountered, he was super sweet to me, super lovely all the time and super supportive of me so far and I just couldn't be normal for him. I had all this unresolved trauma that is coming out at him and he has to deal with it, even though it's nothing to do with him, he wasn't involved whatsoever, but he's the one who's having to deal with the consequences of trauma from somebody else. And also, it was really embarrassing, because right in the beginning, I didn't explain what my previous situation was. I I didn't know how to bring it up. Like, how do you bring it up? Especially when you're in a new relationship, and you've got of this trauma first of all how do you explain it second of all when do you bring it up and are they going to run away are they going to be mad like you don't know how they're going to react so that was really difficult so I was really embarrassed that I was reacting this way and I couldn't find a way to explain it until one day some I'd got triggered by something or I'd said something or done something and we were lying in bed and i just Blurted it out. I was like, I have to tell you, I've been in this really toxic, abusive relationship, and that's why I act the way that I do. I think, and I think he said, like, you didn't have to tell me that. And I was like, well, I wanted to. I didn't want you to think that this is how it's going to be. Being in a relationship with me forever, this isn't, this isn't who I am. It's more a product of something that happened to me and I want to fix it, I just don't know how yet. That's kind of what I was thinking in my head. I was really thankful when I told him, when I finally told him, because it meant that he could recognise why I was acting a certain way in certain situations. I didn't want him to become my therapist, but I just wanted him to be that mum on the sidelines while I'm having my meltdown to just hug me at the end of it and understand why it's happening to me. I will say though it wasn't perfect. Obviously he's not a therapist and I never wanted him to be so there were times where my triggers and things and trauma did cause arguments. That doesn't mean that your partner's a bad person or the relationship's doomed to fail. Believe me, it's not. It's just your partner may not understand how to deal with you in that moment and you, having the trauma and the trigger at the time, don't know how to appropriately behave in a situation. That's how I describe it, to be honest. There were certain situations where I just behaved wildly inappropriately and again it comes with the guilt embarrassment but then also can you imagine if you were in that situation where your partner's behaving wildly inappropriately and you're like why the fuck are you behaving this way like what is wrong with you do you know what i mean but if they're aware of it they'd be like okay this isn't this isn't cool to behave this way i understand why but it's not okay and to me that sounded terrifying. Like for someone to call me out like that sounded terrifying. But because I loved and trusted and felt so comfortable with my partner, I knew that when he called out certain behaviors that I did, he was doing it from a place of just almost like putting a mirror in front of my face and being like, this is how you're behaving right now. And I'm telling you that that's not an appropriate way to behave. It was life changing, I've got to be honest, because I think when you're in a toxic relationship, the pair of you both get so used to acting in a certain way that's probably not an appropriate way to act to somebody else. But because it's so toxic and you're almost like in your own toxic bubble, you don't realize how bloody inappropriate it is. To treat people that way, but that's just how it that's just how your relationship has become. There was then a different complexity to it all because with the whole me reacting from trauma and him reacting and then me reacting, things like that, I almost craved arguments with my partner because I've heard people in toxic relationships talk about this, and I'm so glad I'm not the only one, and I hope if you're in the same boat as i was that this will help you as well is that you crave arguments because toxic relationships are so like this if you can't if you can't see me right now it's like a roller coaster you have extremely high highs and extremely low lows me and my ex didn't argue that much but he put me through such intense emotional turmoil every single day that once that all ended and I was in a stable relationship I felt like something was missing it sounds crazy but I think if you've been in a toxic relationship you'll understand but when you're so used to the high highs and the low lows and you finally got stability you think that you should be happy but I think it takes a really long time potentially to adjust to the stability. I thought that our relationship was doomed. I thought we lost our spark. I thought he didn't like me. Just because it wasn't dramatic doesn't mean that it wasn't love or anything. I was used to all of the drama, and when it was taken away, it felt boring. Can you believe I'm saying that? my stable loving healthy relationship compared to my toxic one seemed boring to me and i was like why why are we thinking why are we craving the toxicness but i think it's like it's almost like addictive because for me personally when we had a really low low and he was ignoring me bullying me and all of this As soon as he gave me a crumb of love and affection, it was like the best love I had ever felt in my life. I hope that makes sense to you. Where he would give me the tiniest little thing and I'd be absolutely over the moon because it wasn't him ignoring me or bullying me. Whereas in a healthy relationship, I'm used to the same amount of love, consistent, stable affection all the time. I didn't feel that like dopamine rush that I'd get when he'd send a heart at the end of his message or if he replied to me straight away. I don't get that because I've got it consistently every single day. I think that's the bit that fucked with my head the most is that there would be times even though my toxic relationship destroyed me. And I knew that, and I knew that he was emotionally abusive. There were times that I craved the toxic behaviour to feel the high hits of dopamine from crumbs of affection. Because it was easier that way, right? The relationship, you'd have to do very little. He Sorry, he'd have to do very little. And I'd feel the most. That's easier. But in a healthy relationship, you're maintaining the love, the communication every single day. And I felt super guilty that I'd ever even consider craving toxic behaviour. I didn't miss him, by the way. It wasn't him as a person. It was the feelings that I'd get from his behaviour. And again, I would never wish to be in a toxic relationship again It could be any action in the world. I just missed the feeling that I got when he finally gave me love and affection. The insane love and the insane happiness that I felt. Obviously, I would have that in my healthy relationship, don't get me wrong. But it wasn't as often and it wasn't as intense. So I felt like I was always missing something, like a, a spark, like there was something missing. But I wasn't missing anything. I was actually gaining... Stability and security and trust and love. Now, I want to talk about how I was as a girlfriend in general. So, that relationship obviously took up the majority of me growing up. And that's the kind of time that you date, you learn how to date, you learn what you want in a relationship, you learn, you do a lot of learning in that time. But I was stuck in the same horrendous relationship. And I felt like, obviously, I learned terribly how to be in a relationship and that really affected me in my now healthy one because I never learned how to be a proper girlfriend. I was just this thing that my ex trailed around behind me and looked at me when he felt like it. So I was pining after him, I was doing massive gestures, I was doing this, that and the other, I was used to being ignored, I you know, when you're in that kind of relationship, you tailor your behavior to get more love and affection out of them. I hope that makes sense, but yeah, you just, you learn their mannerisms, you learn their attitude, you learn their mood, and you tailor your personality and what you do to suit them, to make them happy, and to try and get them to love you, to be honest. And that's how I learned how to be a girlfriend. So obviously that was not going to work in a healthy relationship because it may work in your toxic bubble. But once you get with someone who is a healthy, stable person, you look insane. (laughs) Not in a shame way, but just when you're in a different perspective and a different context, when you apply those same toxic behaviours, it is like, I was shocked when I'd behave a certain way, it was almost like I was seeing it for the first time as not normal, and I was like, oh my god, this isn't me, I, my personality doesn't act like this, like I'm quite shy, I feel like I'm really loving to my friends and things, but the way that I was behaving in my relationship just didn't reflect who I was and it's obviously habits and things that i learned from being with my ex so obviously that had to change but I wanted to talk about the kind of behaviours that I was doing that I found to not be normal in a stable relationship. So let me just start by saying that I never ever in a million years did think or even think now that my current partner was anything similar to my ex they are completely different the way they behave completely different obviously the way they treat me is completely different however because of my learned behaviors there were like almost like a core almost like core values in a relationship that I genuinely believed that everybody did that included checking their social media all the time That's just something that I assumed that I would do in every single relationship I had, no matter how toxic or stable that it was. That wasn't something I did specifically for my ex. That was like, oh, you just check their socials just in case they're cheating on you or bitching about you on Twitter. Yes, that is something that he did to me. He bitched about me on Twitter. (laughs) So that's just something I just assumed that was normal. I was like, everyone does it. I've seen it online. People check social media that's not normal, that's not stable, and that's not healthy. Stop it. <laughs> and if you've got a genuine reason to check them, there obviously isn't 100% trust in your relationship, and that's a completely different issue. But when I would check his social media and see, obviously, that there's nothing to worry about, there's no cheating, there's literally nothing there, I'd be like, Not satisfied almost because every time I used to check his social media, my ex, I would find something. There was always something. And I've seen something going around online which I think is fucking stupid, where stupid, misogynistic, asshole cheating guys will say there's always going to be something there if you're looking for it. No. That's not true. There's something there if there's something there, but if there's nothing there, there's not going to be anything there. What the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) Have you seen that as well, or is it just me? But I'm like, I understand making a mountain out of a molehill kind of behaviour where you see the tiniest little thing and you blow it up thinking they're cheating, but you're just being a bit paranoid. But if you're checking someone's phone in the first place, first of all, you've either, you're have you either behaving in a toxic way or they're giving you reason to, in my opinion. And then if you're looking for something you're like, aha, see, I found this thing. And they're like, it's only because you were looking for it. It's like, well, I wouldn't have found it if it wasn't there. Hmm? But yeah, just to let you know, it is possible to find absolutely nothing. Even if you are looking for something like I was. I n- I have never ever found anything to give me reason for concern genuine concern I think there's a difference between paranoia concern and genuine concern where there were certain things that I saw that I was paranoid meant something else but deep down I knew that it wasn't a genuine reason to be concerned I hope that some of you feel the same way that I do where you know when you see something and you're like your stomach drops your heart drops you may cry you know when you genuinely think that they're cheating on you or something sus is going on and then there's things that I found that I'm like I'm going to bring that up in an argument <laughs> so obviously that's not genuine concern otherwise I'd feel oh my god I'd panic about it But then I'd find stuff that I'd be like, I'm going to bring that up to him later and I'm going to argue about it. Another thing that I did that I haven't really seen talked about on social media, or maybe people have talked about it, but they've worded it in a way that sounds different to me. But I used to do this thing, and I'm really sad to say, but it's probably a form of emotional manipulation where... I would want to know the answer to a certain question, but if I asked that question, I would sound like a fucking lunatic. So what I would do is that I would phrase the question in a certain way to sort of get an idea of the answer that I wanted, but more like in a roundabout way. So I would never ask the question directly because I knew that I would sound like a crazy person, and I knew that I would sound like a toxic person, but I needed to know the answer anyway to satisfy my paranoia and toxic behaviour. That's really bold of me to admit online and I feel like I want to delete it, but I'm not. Because I know there's someone out there who, who feels the same the way... So, I know that there's someone who feels the same way that I do. I hope. I guess it was kind of like a way to try and catch my partner out. Because that's the way that I used to do it with my ex. I'd used to like ask particular questions and I'd always frame them in like an innocent way. You know, like asking a certain innocent question, and their answer was either gonna be a lie or that they'd feel guilty about the answer that they gave because I knew the truth already. I just wanted to see how they'd react to my question, if that makes sense. I used to do that all the time it's a horrible behavior to have. It's really toxic. You shouldn't do it. And it's a form of emotional manipulation. That's another thing as well, is that when you come out of a toxic relationship, you can also be incredibly toxic. I think that took me a while to realize because I was in the victim mindset for a really long time because I was like, he's to blame. It's not my fault. All of this, like, oh, he abused me, blah, 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 which he did. But I kind of didn't take accountability for my own toxic behaviour because I was constantly blaming it on him. Yes, he had something to do with it, but he wasn't in the picture anymore. And I was continuing this behaviour and these actions that weren't healthy and it's not an okay way to treat somebody. And I'm not saying it's okay to be toxic, but if you're willing to work through it and you want to stop the behaviour, it's okay to admit that you have toxic behaviours as long as you're willing to work on it. I think that's the difference between people who are emotional abusers in relationships and physical, actually. That's the difference between people who are abusers in a relationship and people who. End up being a product of abuse where if they're aware of their behaviors and they want to change because they are a good person versus terrible, terrible people who inflict these actions on others and they don't give a fuck, basically. Another element to my own healing and my own toxic behaviour was I didn't have trust in my partner, but I also didn't have trust in myself. I think. It's really, it's a bit emotional actually, not gonna lie. Um, it's really difficult when you come out of a toxic relationship, especially if it's an incredibly long term one and a serious one. And like you saw that you getting married to this person, even though they treated you like dog shit. I think it can be really hard to then trust yourself in a healthy relationship and it makes you micro-analyze everything. I mean, I say you. This is all from my perspective, but for me, I was micro-analyzing everything. I feel like I was even checking social media and things way more intensely than I was with my ex because I didn't trust myself. I didn't trust my intuition to tell me whether I was in another toxic situation or not. Because I didn't. I mean, I did see it, but I chose to ignore it. And then there were times that I didn't see it for what it was for six whole years. I put myself through the worst trauma that I've experienced for six years. I mean, I could say that I could have ended it, but I mean, if you've been in a situation, you know that it's really difficult to end, so maybe I couldn't have. I'm not really sure, but I do know is that it was really hard to trust that I would know that it was toxic or not. So I was almost looking for a complete in my face concrete reason as to why this was going to be toxic or looking for red flags everywhere just because I was so paranoid that I was going to put myself through this situation again and yeah I just didn't trust myself there was no trust at all in him or myself and it took a little while to build up that trust I think I went through social media, I went through his messages, I asked those horrible subliminal questions. I did that for a while and it ended up getting to a point where my partner just kept proving me wrong time and time again in the best way. He would just give me absolutely no reason whatsoever to not trust him. I mean, I did not find a single crumb Of a reason why I shouldn't trust him. So I ended up just trusting him and I relaxed, and everything was much better after that. I was happier. He was happier. I wasn't spending all this time and energy on checking all this shit and feeling so paranoid. It's super draining. Feeling paranoid all the time about your relationship is super draining. And I just didn't have to worry about that anymore. I could just. Relax and appreciate my relationship for exactly what it was. So, I did ask if my partner could be with me on this podcast to record with me because I feel like it would be a really interesting conversation to have back and forth. But he doesn't want to be on the podcast, so that's fine, understandable. So, I asked him, I asked him, Was there anything that you did in particular to help me be healthy in this relationship? That's what I asked him. Do you know what this motherfucker said? He just said I just treat this is a quote by the way. I just treated her like a fucking human. I'm sorry what? (laughs) But it's true. I was like mind blown when he said that but that's genuinely true. When I look back over our whole relationship he just treated me with love and most importantly respect and that's all he needed to do. He, he said it before where he's like, I don't understand why you're reacting this way. This is a normal thing to do. That's another thing I wanted to talk about actually is I feel like when you've been in shitty relationships, toxic relationships of any kind, when you get into a stable one and people want to do loving gestures towards you, you overreact so hardcore I mean ugh. he would just do the simplest things for me. Like when he would go to the shop, he would buy me a little treat because he know that I like this certain thing. So he was like, oh while I'm here, I'll buy this thing to make my girlfriend happy. And when he'd bring it home, I'd almost be in fucking tears over like a chocolate bar. Seriously. And this continued for like two or three years of our relationship. Where he would do really simple things and I'd have this massive reaction as if he was love bombing me. But he wasn't. He was just treating me like a normal person and doing things that people who are in love with someone else do. But because I wasn't used to that at all, it was like, it was the best thing in the fucking world, honestly. And I think that's another thing to note as well, is that when you're in this toxic bubble, people always say, oh, they're obviously treating you like shit, why don't you break up with them? Like, you shouldn't accept that way of him treating you. It's like, ha, huh, well, this is the thing, especially with emotional manipulation, where they will gaslight you into thinking that that's an okay way to treat you. The, I, I don't understand it, obviously, but when you're in that situation... You get treated like shit so much and constantly, and you're made to believe that that is exactly the behavior that you deserve. You just believe that it's normal and you genuinely believe that that is what you deserve and that there's no point in breaking up with them because the next guy is going to treat you exactly the same. That just becomes your ingrained normal. And then when you finally get out of it and you get into a stable relationship, it's like it feels like they're treating you like. A queen, like they're treating you like literal God's gift, which is lovely, of course, but it's not a healthy way to react. And it's not a healthy way to be because you shouldn't have to react that way to normal respect and love. And it's because of my partner's reaction being like, this is how you should be treated. I mean, I thought my reaction, I thought he would love my reaction. I mean, how amazing would it be to have a girlfriend that overreacts to everything you do? Like, you don't have to put in that much effort because she extra, super appreciates everything that you do. But again, that's not healthy either. That's exploiting toxic behaviour where you're like, this is fucking easy. They love every single thing I do, so I'm not going to put in extra effort because I don't need to. Again, that's just the complete opposite end of toxic behaviour. So he just kept reminding me every time that I overreacted. He was like, just to let you know, this is normal love and respect. And it taught me what to expect in a healthy relationship. Not that I'm going to move on to somebody else anytime soon. But it's just good to know... What the expectations are. I feel like he was really good at letting me know what his expectations were of me and what I should expect from him. Like, he would just remind me, he's like, This is normal. This is how I'm going to treat you all the time. This is the level of respect and love that I'm going to give you. Get fucking used to it because this is what's normal. To anyone out there right now who's listening or watching who is currently in a toxic relationship, has been in one, is currently in a healthy relationship or anywhere in between, I just want you to know that my healing wasn't linear. I'm telling this story as if it happened like this, but it did not whatsoever. I feel like there were so many times where it was one step forward, two steps back, where I'd figure out what my trigger is. I'd talk about it. I'd work through it. It wouldn't trigger me for a really long time and then it felt like what was almost like a relapse, like I'd get triggered again, and I'd have this explosive reaction, and I'd feel horrendous, I'd be like, I thought I was over this, why aren't I over this, why am I still acting this way, I don't want to behave this way, blah blah blah, but that's just how healing is, it's not just, okay, tick, I'm over that, okay, tick, I'm over that as well, let's move on. I remember I had been... I'd shown most of my triggers and things and I'd sort of they'd subsided like I feel like I could function properly in my relationship without it being so much of a roller coaster for me so I felt quite stable and I think because it was suppressed for quite a while and I was doing okay it all came out in a really dramatic way really explosive way and I started to have nightmares and I'd have them every night I'd have these horrendous nightmares I'm not sure what it's called but I'd almost have like nightmares while I was awake like I'd be laying in bed with my partner and my brain genuinely convinced me that it was my ex that was sleeping next to me and not my partner I can't explain it but I was, in my head, I was genuinely convinced that my ex was next to me, and it was the most terrifying thing ever, and this went on for a really long time. This was like a year or two into our relationship, mind you. I think it was like a year, maybe a year and a half. So I'd already done so much healing. I'd never experienced trauma like that before. I had always just been triggered by little things and had panic attacks, but this was on a completely different level and it was terrifying, I didn't know how to get over it, I didn't know what was happening to me, I thought I was over the whole thing, but I did, I managed to just ride through it, get through it, my partner helped me through it, I'd have to wake him up in the middle of the night to comfort me, and he did that for me, and again, I think a massive reason for that is that I knew I was safe, I mean, Except when I was genuinely convinced that he was next to me, when I felt like I could wake my partner up and he wouldn't be mad at me, he knew that I was in trouble and that I needed help, and I knew that I could go to him. Whereas, if it had been in a situation where he would have been pissed off that I would have woken him up, I think I don't know what I would have done, to be honest. But I had him, he was really supportive of me, and I managed to work through it. It doesn't happen to me anymore, it hasn't happened for like over two years now so I think just going past the four-year mark in our relationship I can finally say that I'm completely comfortable in my relationship loving respect I mean I don't think anyone's perfect and I think there are toxic behaviors still in our relationship that we could probably work on but I don't think it's a product of my previous relationship. Either way, I'm happy. I know what my expectation should be of my relationship. And I'm just comfortable. I'm stable, I'm comfortable, but I'm not bored. I'm stable in a good way. I think that's where I'm going to end it. I feel like I've gone from start to finish and I've given all the details that I want to give and I've talked my ass off for over an hour now so that's where I'm going to end it. If you have any questions about my current relationship, past relationship, please feel free to DM me if you want any advice, any stories, I don't know, anything you want. If you just want to discuss toxic relationships with me because you've been in one, feel free to DM me, I'd be absolutely happy to talk with you. Nothing's really off limits for me, it's just I didn't want to talk about it in this one, and I may do a story trying to explain the whole clusterfuck of my relationship but at the same time I don't want to give him that airtime you know I mean I've worked so hard over the last four years plus to get over this whole thing I'm not sure that I want to drag it up again in a full-blown podcast and no offense but I don't think you need to know that much details about my past relationship so I think I'll put that to bed. But again, if you have any questions, please feel free to ask me. My current relationship, however, I could talk about for hours. So if you want a podcast on how me and my partner met, then I would be over the moon to do that for you. If you were listening to the Reading Glower podcast on Spotify right now, and you think, hmm, I'd really like to see what she looks like. I want to see her facial expressions. You know, when people are telling a story, I want to see them. Well, it's your lucky day because I have the Radiant Glow Up Visual Podcast on YouTube. Ha <laughs> ha! It currently only has one video. Hopefully, hopefully, this one will come out the exact same time as the audio. Because Jesus Christ, the first visual that I did took me five days. So I uploaded the Audio podcast on Wednesday, and it took me five days from Wednesday to get the video up. So I hope, please God, that this goes up at the same time. So again, if you're on Spotify, please YouTube, Radiant Glow Up Podcast, and I should pop up. If not, there's a link in my bio on Instagram or TikTok, wherever you follow me. Click on my link tree, the link for the visual should be there. or On the other hand, if you're just watching me right now and you'd like to, I don't know, how do I listen to podcasts? I listen to podcasts to go to sleep. Feel free to listen to me to go to sleep. I won't mind, honestly. A view's a view at the end of the day. But if you want to listen to me on your walk, when you're on the bus, when you go into sleep, I don't care. If you want to do that, I'm also Radiant Glow up on Spotify. anyway I'm gonna go thank you so much for watching or listening and I'll see you next week